James Sanders, chair of the City of Bloomington, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Commission. Welcome to the WFHB Local News. Hello, thank you all for having me. So, so first off, the City of Bloomington will host the Black History 101 Mobile Museum on September 11th from 9 a.m. to noon at City Hall. To kick things off, would you just walk me through what is the Black History 101 Mobile Museum? Well, Black History 101 Mobile Museum is just a, it's a collection of over 7,000 original artifacts of Black memorabilia dating from the transatlantic slave trade era to hip-hop culture. The Mobile Museum, again, as you mentioned, was founded by Dr. Khalid Al-Hakim. He was a keynote speaker at the city's Martin Luther King Day celebration last year. So would you touch on the collection of artifacts? of black memorabilia, again, as you mentioned, dating from the transatlantic slave trade era to hip hop culture that Dr. El Hakim has amassed. Would you touch on some of those items? After all, his collection spans over 7,000 artifacts. So would you you know, give us some examples of, of things that folks might expect if they go and visit the museum? The artifacts that you will really see are artifacts from uh, very polarizing artifacts rather mm -hmm. from Older times where we, uh, our country was not in a state of, I would say, uh, uh, respecting other cultures, respecting other races. Uh, there's some very, I'd say, polarizing uh, artifacts there. You find things from the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, he has some hoods. He has things like ashtrays with just different uh, slogans and racial epithets that were not um that we definitely do not use today and just things that 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 make people think about how our country started in and how much farther we have to go i think because of course you know you would never see any any of these things out on display in people's homes or businesses but these are very real artifacts that were once part of uh, popular culture in our country so even though those things, you know, have mostly been been done away with, it's his mobile museum is just a record of of those artifacts that existed, and just giving us a history lesson of pretty much, you know, with how our country started and 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 how it's progressing, and like I said earlier, how much farther we have to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was looking at some pictures from the mobile museum's website. And I was a completely flabbergasted that some of those yeah pieces you get you called it evidence, which I really liked um, because I've heard about them and it is one incredibly different thing to see them and be like this is real. Exactly, it's it's very jarring because you saw some of those items and you could you could probably say to yourself a thousand times like mm -hmm. how was this ever allowed to be created, mm -hmm. you know? And then furthermore, how could people even take joy? in artifacts such as these. And so when I first saw it, I was, you know, just blown away because you just see what was okay, you know, back then, you know, what was what was condoned and and then you get to see how how much we still are kind of in those mindsets. And I say us as a as a nation because we realize, you know, racism and civil rights issues still exist to this day and a lot of them 
stem from those times where these when these artifacts are created. So that's really mm-hmm. uh, interesting and heartbreaking at the same time. How are they selected and how important is it to you guys that um, they represent reality? Well, they are the the artifacts were selected from Dr. L. R. King's many travels across the country and in the world. A lot of people call him to to donate these things, and it's crazy because even a, a couple of days ago, I received an email from someone I had never met with uh, an artifact that she has, and she's wondering if if it would be uh, any value added to the mobile museum, and so. Now it's like I've become a part of the process in which Dr. El Hakim uses to, you know, collect artifacts. So I imagine just situations like like those and things that he's probably tracked down himself, things that that you know we may not ever think to look for. I know he he goes to thrift shops, he goes to all types of settings, uh, maybe swap meets. I imagine just trying to seek whatever he can, wherever he can. And a lot of times, and I can't directly attest to this because I haven't spoken to him about it, but a lot of times he probably sees things that we wouldn't have ordinarily thought, you know, was racist unless it was like very polarizing. He looks at things with a different eye and he can say, oh, well, this is from such and such era and it was really meant for this or, or that. And so I imagine that he has uh, many avenues in which he collects these artifacts. And, and I am glad that he does because if we don't document it, if, if it's not documented and displayed, a lot of times, you know, we forget, we get comfortable in our, in the way things are now, today. And it's easy to forget the, the oppression or the systemic racism sometimes, you know, especially if you are in those minority ethnic groups. You know, you never forget, but in our progress, it's easy to put those things aside. And that brings me to my next question kind of perfectly, which is, why is it important for um, this community to have a museum dedicated to Black history? Uh, It's important because, one, uh, and I'm speaking from a personal perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like we need the, the representation. It's easy to get lost, I would say lost in the sauce, in a predominantly white community, and then uh, about that progress that I spoke of, you know, even though we're in a predominantly white community, and actually one of the most diverse uh, counties in Indiana, we still we still get comfortable sometimes, and with the with the people that you know we have here, and even though they treat us nice, they treat us, you know, like human beings. It's still important for us to to see and acknowledge that those things exist. And I think even more importantly, we have to make the connection from those those predated times to now because we just didn't go from slavery to two and twenty one and mm-hmm. say, oh well, now things are better. There's there's been a natural progression, and um, I think that that's important to display. That's important for people to see where where things came from, how they progressed, and contrasting to how how things are now. And that that museum will be available to the public on September 11th. So I want to shift gears a little bit here. Would you talk about some of the event sponsors and partners and overall what goes into making this museum available to the public on that date? The way we kind of coordinate our fundraising efforts is we just 
just reach out to, to different companies and different businesses. In Bloomington, uh, IU has helped us a, a lot. But we are grateful for those, those sponsors that we have. We do fundraise. We do a good deal of our fundraising year-round so we can bring these opportunities to the community of, of Bloomington. And we were just uh, super excited when, when we thought about this opportunity because, as you all know, on MLK Day this year, we were not able to meet in person, and we held our program virtually for the first time ever, I believe. And so even though Dr. Al-Hakim gave a, a very eloquent keynote address, we were still not able to see a lot of his artifacts. We were, we were not able to see a great deal of them. So I'm very excited because now people will get to come and they will get to touch the artifacts, see the artifacts. And, and not only that, they will get to speak with Dr. Al-Hakim in person. And so I think that's great within itself. But I think it's amazing, given given this this uh, COVID climate that we're in, because man, you know, we could still be in that era and things could still be locked down how they were. So he's very excited, I will say, because we, he wanted to actually have this uh, presentation in January, and we did everything that we could to make it happen. But at the end, you know, it, we were you know aired on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Have it virtually, but he's excited to, to get out and speak with people because I kind of look at him as the man of the people. So that will be very awesome. And I hope that, you know, everyone that uh, can and that is willing to come out and mm-hmm. uh, get a chance to see this exhibit and uh, get to meet him. To encourage people who really maybe want to partake in this, but who are maybe deciding on erring on the side of caution again. Do you have any um, safety guidelines that you guys have put in place to protect visitors from COVID this year? Yes, we are only allowing a certain number of people into City Hall Council Chambers at a time. Um, I don't have that exact number, mm-hmm. but we will also mandate uh, mask wearing. So we have those risk mitigations in place, and, and hopefully everyone will be able to be able to spend enough time in the, the mobile museum. And uh, also get a chance to talk to our presenters. I see. I see. Well, Mr. Sanders, you, you've been a great help to us, and we really appreciate your time mm-hmm. so far today. Now, I wanted to to hand a last question over to you. Is there anything else you would like to touch upon or mention before we, we sign off? I would just like to, once again, invite anyone who is willing to come out on Saturday, September 11th from 9 to 12, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. to City Hall to take this event in. I would like everyone to come in as objective as possible and just take everything in the way it was meant to. Things may be jarring, and, and I just would like everyone to kind of center themselves for what they will see and just think about, um, be very thoughtful of, of the things that they're saying and, and very thoughtful about how they were even created and how they can learn from whatever they see in this exhibit because there will be some drawing things and if you are anxious or have any type of anxiety, the people there are are very are very, I would say, supportive, especially Dr. El Hakim and we will do our best to to talk to people through what they're seeing, uh, because I will do that also. 
you just take it in together and just exist in that space together. James Sanders, chair of the City of Bloomington, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Commission, thank you for speaking with us. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs>